0: time to get back to work welcome bird gang on today's show zach gershman joins me after a few days off coaches and players and ourselves all back on the practice field at least we were watching and it was good to see several players who we haven't seen participate in practice also news on james connor and trey mcbride plus why the cardinals will have a say in who earns the number one seed in the nfc it's cardinals cover two episode 708 and it starts now
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2.
0: Buddha Baker, what heart, what threat.
1: This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts.
0: He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow!
1: Here's Craig Grealoux.
0: With apologies to Bill Belichick, we do take days off during the season here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But we are back here on what is called, referred to as a bonus Monday in the work week. But yeah, we took some time off. I think it was deserved. The head coach said it was a much-needed break. He was talking about himself, the coaches, and the players. I don't think he cared much about you or Isaac, but uh, I personally needed some time off
1: when JG said that I felt like he was talking to me though so I'm like you know what if I have the head coach's approval I'll I'll take it I'll take it but I, I think overall even though there are days off there still are no days off I mean you're telling me you didn't look at Twitter you're telling me that you didn't see anything else like our lives are 24-7 with this gig
0: it is yeah it is very difficult to disconnect I watched Sunday and yes Kadarius Tony was offsides, yes, but he hey, that's besides the point. Doesn't affect the Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, you pay attention, and yeah, I paid attention what the 49ers did to the Seahawks, which we'll get into a little bit later on. It's just nice, and considering, and again, this is first-world problems here, it has been nonstop since Labor Day. That was the last time that anyone here with the Arizona Cardinals, whether you were on the field, off the field, had any, like, real, legit, extended time to where you didn't have to worry about anything, a game day or something like that, or a practice.
1: First time since 1991 that the Cardinals had a buy that was that late into the wow. season. So, and it was since we went since we ventured off into State Farm Stadium back in July. Uh, it's been over 130 plus days at that. So definitely was nonstop. But, I mean, we mentioned some of the other games. I know we'll talk a little bit about San Fran. I mean, I thought that game with DK Metcalf bringing down Fred Warner looked like a WWE suplex right there. Yeah. And he wonders why
0: he was ejected. I just, <laughs> I, I,
1: I don't know. But some yeah. of the questions that were posed from certain players this week, I question it in and of itself. Like, like, yes, Kadarius Tony was offsides. To go into expecting that, oh, a warning should be given or XYZ, like, yes customary but when it's that offsides especially from the all 22 angle you don't you can't blame the referees at that point
0: no and it was one of those plays again it's one play that gets singled out over a lot of different plays it never comes down to one particular play but games or plays late in a game certainly
1: get spotlighted but if you think about what Patrick Mahomes and his and his logic of under two minutes to go doesn't that bring you back to State Farm Stadium in February when a call was made against James Bradbury in the last you know two minutes of the game that Patrick Mahomes was calling for I think you're just still salty is not at all completely left your Philadelphia Eagles fandom behind you it's not it's not even that I mean I there is no fandom anymore sorry to all my my family and friends but I'm, I'm I'm a Cardinals guy now but at the end of the day uh, when when all is said and done, it's it's football at that, and uh, obviously in a lot of cases, people could point to the referees. I mean, even today, at today's press conference on Monday, Trey McBride was talking about the catch that was overturned, and even though <laughs> they went right back to him. it. Still bothered him, and I recognize why players are gonna, you know, they're gonna try to point the finger to whatever that they're possibly able to do at some point, uh, accountability needs to be taken. I'm glad Andy Reid said on Monday after the game that Kadarius Toney did not check with the referees, and that's something that deserves to be coached.
0: Mistakes are going to be made. We're all human. It's just, again, when you're in that spotlight and the game means so much, whether that's week one or week 14 or the playoffs or the Super Bowl, yeah, things just stand out a little bit more than other situations, but good to be back on the practice field on Monday. We were out there just Not participating, but we were on the field watching during the open portion of practice on Monday. And it does seem, Zach, that the time away, and the team did have Tuesday through Sunday off after the win at the Pittsburgh Steelers, that it was time needed and it benefited a lot of the players because Michael Wilson was on the practice field. Elijah Wilkinson, his second straight week of on being on the practice field as he was designated to return. Amari DiMercato on the practice field. Zach Paschal back after the birth of his child. And then defensively, Antonio Hamilton, Starling Thomas, both on the practice field. Now, we did not see Hollywood Brown during the open portion of practice, and to be fair, there is no injury reports on Monday, so good news for I you, you, I can relax. My week continues. You don't have to worry about that on Monday or Tuesday, but... What happens on Wednesday when the team will have a full practice? This was, as Gannon said, a bonus practice. Not on the field for a long period of time, but just kind of get back into the swing of things and to see a
1: good portion of those players that have been injured participating. JG did say, though, that Hollywood Brown is feeling better than he has in the previous couple of weeks. So the bye week still, I mean, he wasn't out there on Monday, but still benefited him for JG to say that he is feeling a lot better. And all the different players that you mentioned, this is... The, the latter half of the season where a lot of these guys have a lot of things that they need to prove and, and to have on the defensive side of the ball and Antonio Hamilton and a Starling Thomas. Starling Thomas, an undrafted rookie, despite the fact that he's been playing really well, he's still trying to earn a spot on the team for this year and for next year and try to solidify his name in the NFL so that he could be an annual option on a team and not one of those bubble guys like he was this past year with Detroit. Obviously, the Cardinals claimed him, but overall – It's the best time that you could have possibly had right now for the Cardinals, considering that you got to see what a gauntlet of a season looks like. The 13 weeks, you got to see who's going to toughen it out, who's going to crumble, whatever it might be. And it's something that could be really helpful for this coaching staff, knowing we saw 13 weeks of grueling football, back-to-back-to-back, no days off. These are the type of players that we want in our program. Here's what we like, here's what we didn't like.
0: And for a number of those players on the football field, specifically those Young, younger players, those first-year players, those rookie players, 13 straight games? Well, that's a, that's a full season for a lot of them, especially if you're at Ohio State or a Power Five where you have a bowl game or a playoff, to which adds to your season of double-digit games. Now, all of a sudden, okay, you've reached that 12-13 game mark, Oh wait! I still have four more games to go before I call it an NFL season. And if you think about it,
1: this is for a guy like Paris Johnson. This is his first time off since even before his season at Ohio State. Because once the season ends, your focus goes to the NFL draft. So you're working with because you're working with scouts, you're working with strength and conditioning coaches, you're getting ready for the NFL Combine. Then you start doing your visits and whatever it might be. So for guys like that had that have been trying to scratch and claw their way going from the 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 end of their college seasons, all the way to the NFL, this is a much-needed break. Michael Wilson,
0: as I mentioned, on the practice field on Monday, he's missed three straight games, four of the last five games overall. Hope to see him for these final four games. And then Hollywood Brown, he hasn't missed any time recently, but he's missed now six straight practices. And it's one of those things that heel injury is something where You have to monitor it during the week. Yes, it does take away that chemistry and being able to work with your quarterback and the rest of the offense, but at this point, it's okay. When do we want to see number 2 on the football field? It's not Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's on game day on Sunday. He tried to tough it out a little bit against the Steelers, and I think as that game was progressing, that injury, I'm sure, popped up. A little bit more flared up. But then, with the weather, and then how successful the Cardinals were running the football and targeting the tight
1: ends, they just didn't really need Hollywood on that field. What was the analogy that JD that JG said something about Hollywood being a Ferrari, and you don't want to put a certain type of gas in? You don't the want tank. to put in the, the you the don't want to diesel. put in the diesel for right, unleaded and regular. Right, yeah, you just want to make sure you're careful so you don't, don't disrupt the engine exactly and for th- thank you Craig for the explanation I'm not a car guy I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not if either. you're a car guy no, but, but you brought that you broke that down like it was a cover two type thing no but I, I think when it's a player like Hollywood Brown you want to be smart with his usage because you do recognize that the bye week is the filing week and that you do have some time before you do got two conference games against the 49ers and Seahawks and then two road games again and freezing cold temperature against the Bears in Philadelphia so JG wants to be smart about it I appreciate the fact that Hollywood Brown, at back-to-back weeks, really wanted to get out there to play with K-1 and to try to help this offense. But there gets to a point where you have to figure out if you are helping the offense by being out there.
0: That's true. Are you helping yourself versus hindering everyone else? As Gannon likes to say, it takes all 11. And if one of those 11 is not measuring up or living up to what their expectation is, then, yeah, you're hurting everyone else. But you brought up Starling Thomas and Antonio Hamilton both being on the practice field on Monday. Question for you, and I'm not going to hold you to it, but if Thomas is available this week and if Hamilton returns after missing the past two games, what do you do at the cornerback position? Is it still going to be Ketro Clark, Starling Thomas, and Garrett Williams? Is there a possibility that Marco Wilson can see some time on defense, or is that ship sailed? I'm I'm very curious to know, not only for this week, but these last four weeks, if everyone is healthy in that secondary, what does the defensive
1: coaches do with respect to the cornerback position? I think it's going to be the more interesting player, I think the most interesting player of them all, is Devon Wilson on the practice squad. They've elevated him, and he's started. So they have see something in him that... The, the guys on the 53, yes, they're able to provide, but once you have a Devon Wilson on the practice squad that you're able to elevate and not have to necessarily use that spot on the roster, it's pretty good, and he has played pretty good. I mean, Ketro Clark has stepped into this role. He's been playing pretty solid overall. Garrett Williams is is a lock, 100%. He's going to be out there. I think they're really it's going. You have to try to figure out a way to get Antonio Hamilton back out there because that veteran presence is huge amongst a bunch of different rookies. The Marco Wilson ship, I think, I think unfortunately so, uh, sailed off for him. But you never know because Ketro was benched for a handful of games and they saw something in him. They saw the way he was practicing and they slid, they slid him right back into his role. So. Marco you can't say that the the ship is completely sailed off but i think it's you know rowing off into the distance <laughs> it, it's getting smaller and smaller exactly. it's as it's going it beyond yes. the horizon
0: you do have as we speak here on monday you do have one open roster spot so if you wanted to sign Devad wilson to the active roster as opposed to elevating him and i can't remember if he is now has one more elevation think allowed before you'd have to make that decision. And again, Wilkinson is another name out there, your offensive lineman, who is potentially ready to be back potentially this week against the 49ers to help solidify the offensive line. And again, you can maneuver things. There's another name out there as well, and I had to go back and look, but Bobby Price on IR with a quad injury. He has missed four games, so he is, if healthy, potentially someone that could be designated to return, another name
1: added to this defensive back. Dun, dun, dun. That's the wild card in the group right there. Cody, don't clip it. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I think overall I, you would you would love to solidify the offensive line, especially when you're going against a Nick Bosa and now a Chase Young, and that defensive line has looked really solid for the 49ers. They're, they're atop the NFL for a lot of different reasons, and that defense is definitely one of them. So whether you do bring Elijah Wilkinson into the fold Or you do bring a Bobby Price because that special teams aspect that he brings to the table is huge. And this team emphasizes it. It does take all three phases to win the game, so whether it is Bobby Price or Elijah Wilkinson, you hope one of them are able to to bring in that slot, or you do sign a Devon Wilson to the roster and permanently bring him to the active roster, or a Phil Hoskins. They brought Phil up a handful of times on that defensive line, and fortunately right now, as of Monday, the defensive line is fairly healthy compared to the previous uh previous couple of games so whatever it might be they they do have options.
0: Before we get into a little bit of the discussion on this week's opponent in the 49ers just a couple notes that happened while we were away. One congratulations to James Conner the FedEx ground player of the week and he did win his third angry run from Good Morning Football and Kyle Brandt the stiff arm of Patrick Peterson although officially did not happen because there was a holding call. So the play, there was no play. That's we silly. saw it, but there was technically no play. And we also saw Chad Burns, our illustrator, with a wonderful illustration, a great poster. And I am hearing things that there is something else in the works, Zach, for the award, which will be not presented, but because it was the bye week, Good Morning Football didn't quite have to didn't wasn't ready to kind of have James Conner accept that award, so it's a little. It's going to be a week late. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hearing things that might be in the works for
1: early this week on Good Morning Football. I I love the way that Kyle Brandt broke down the run. The fact that he pulled out the the ruler or whatever <laughs> it was to just see the bubble, the the leveling, leveling. stick, uh, incredible. The, the entire way that he broke it down, and it's funny because you said. That play didn't happen. And I was like, wait a second. And then I remembered that there was the penalty. Still that play happened. Oh, it happened. And that that play happened. And that's gonna be a play that when James Conner's career highlights are ran, that's gonna be one that is gonna be near the upper half. But whether it's Chad putting stuff together or our social media team, graphic design team, whatever it is, they've been killing it all, all across the board. And that's why I said going back to the beginning, like, were we ever really off because <laughs> of the fact that you scroll on Twitter and okay. James Conner won another award, and then it's another one. It's like DJ Khaled, just another one, another one, another one. And that's all that it was for James Conner. So whatever it is, I, I highly suggest people stay locked in on our social media because I saw what could potentially be brewing. And man, it was. I wanted to take part in it. I'm looking forward to the finished product, which will
0: be debuted again early this week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, and we can talk about it more here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And then Trey McBride, who addressed the media post practice on Monday, and this is something that has been talked a lot about. Is what. McBride has done since Zach Ertz was placed on IR, now not with the Cardinals anymore. By the way, still looking for a team. So maybe he wasn't quite a hundred percent as far as is he injured or still trying to figure out uh what team he would like to be so like to join, or is there not as much interest in a Zach Ertz this late in the season? Just just kind of go off script here, just something to keep an eye on. But McBride this week. One more catch, and he sets the single-season franchise
1: mark for tight ends. Well, first of all, everything is off script on <laughs> on Cardinals cover, too. I went with Zach Ertz. You, 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 I kind of want to assume it's partly because of the injury, just because the name Zach Ertz still does hold a lot of weight in the NFL and the type of talent that he is. There are many different teams that are in playoff contention that could really use another— tight end number one, tight end number two, somebody with that veteran presence that they could bring into the room. So whichever team it is, Zach Ertz will land on a roster by the end of the season, which is still coming up quite soon. So there's that aspect of it. Trey McBride has been a beast all, all along. And while only a few people did recognize him during his time off in Disneyland, um, a few people did stop him as he was walking around those magical halls of Disney. Uh, nobody has been able to really stop him this season on the NFL gridiron because he's been dominant all around the 100-plus the yard game that he had against the Falcons, the touchdown against the Steelers, whatever it's been, the offense has gelled. And although as James Connors goes, the offense goes, K1's con- connection with Trey McBride, those – Mixed in all in one creates a very dynamic and an explosive offense.
0: McBride now leads the team in receptions and receiving yards among tight ends. He ranks eighth with 56 receptions and sixth with 610 receiving yards. And those numbers, he's just going to reestablish and hit and put that receptions and receiving yard marks for tight end within this franchise. To a new heights, but he's not going anywhere. You forget this is year two, and he's only
1: going to get better. Which is why I want to pose the question back to you, Craig. When when the Cardinals drafted Trey McBride last season, did you expect the following year for him to be in the conversation of being a top 10 tight end in the league? No, because at the time that he was selected,
0: you had a Zach Gertz, who had just been signed to an extension, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like more of a luxury pick. But based off your board, that's how you draft – You never draft for need, you draft value, and the Cardinals at that time, that front office saw value in Trey McBride, and we're now seeing it here in 2023 to the point where he is, James Conner is your lead back, Trey McBride might be your number one wide receiver. The numbers say he Mm -hmm. is, but as far as that connection between quarterback and receiver, i.e. tight end, that's been pretty prevalent
1: now for a while. And I love how this is, this is about to be what, week 15? And it's the fact that Trey has done this in pretty much nine games because Zach Ertz was still that number one target. And when Josh Dobbs came in and he took over, Zach Ertz was his most reliable target. That's the person that he kind of took under his wing. So the fact that Trey McBride's been able to put up these type of numbers, can you imagine in a full season, what you hope for next year, building off the momentum from this year to next year, he can elevate from that conversation of being a top 10 tight end to a top seven, top six, top five. And he he said he brought up George Kittle, Mark Andrews, a bunch of different tight ends that are currently playing that he, he looks up to. Well, now he's in the conversation with a lot of them, especially statistically. And with that connection between Kyler Murray and Trey McBride, It's been absent with Hollywood Brown, so the fact that he has had a target in Trey McBride has certainly been helpful because if he didn't, this offense and the the, Kyler's overall performance looks entirely different. Against the Steelers, McBride
0: played a season-high 65 snaps, second most in his career. To your point, if the standard is now 55-plus snaps, maybe even 60, depending on can McBride be that dual threat tight end, meaning... Helpful in the run game, helpful in the pass game, not just catching passes, as he alluded to on Monday, but being helpful as far as run blocking, pass protection, maybe a chip block and then go out. But if you now go a full season's worth of Trey McBride, full offseason too within this offense, build upon what these last eight games with Kyler Murray, and now you move into 2024, I don't see any reason why McBride can't be not only a legit starting tight end with the Cardinals, but within the NFC West,
1: within the NFC, within the NFL. And it's quite remarkable to see his his growth and his development. And I know that JG said that sky's the limit for him, but it seems like even that's an understatement, knowing how much he's been able to put in in just this short amount of time to see his growth from week six when he took over for Ertz, week seven when Zacherts was placed on the IR, to where they are now. It, it, it's, it's incredible. It truly is incredible to see and Trey McBride's one of those players that does have a chip on his shoulder, even though he won the Mackey and even though he was one of the best tight ends in college football, the fact that he came into this system, spent a year learning under Zach Ertz, learning alongside Zach Ertz and to produce these type of numbers. It, it's been, it's been quite uh it's been quite a story to see. And I think out of this entire season, there have been tons of different storylines, both positive and negative. The injury bug has certainly hurt the Cardinals, but They've also benefited because diamonds have come through the rough a little bit. You start to see a Dante stills on the defensive line due to all the different injuries that that unit's face. Trey McBride stepping in for Zach Ertz, so... There, there's been a lot of players that have stepped up and have stepped in, and they've been able to produce. And you know, you could see the progression through the upcoming offseason. Cardinals
0: will see a pretty good tight end on Sunday when the 49ers visit State Farm Stadium. 2:05 is the kickoff. 9:30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. George Kittle and company. The 49ers. 10 and three. They beat the Seahawks 28-16. to Full disclosure, I didn't see a lot of this game on Sunday. Saw some of the highlights but just reading through some of the recaps the numbers are phenomenal. Eight plays of 25 or more yards by an offense that totaled 527 yards under Brock Purdy but defensively there were times where the Seahawks did stop the 49ers. In fact, those eight plays of 25 or more yards totaled 280, so more than half of your overall total came on just eight plays. So it wasn't just the 49ers rolling through and over the Seahawks. It was
1: more of a big play offense that finally overwhelmed Seattle. But that's the NFC West style of play. You're going to have some of those explosive plays, but it's that it's that hard-nosed, back-and-forth style that, that you get to see all throughout the division, no matter what the rankings are. I mean, the, the, the 49ers – are atop are the NFC West, and the Cardinals are not. But to, to see this t- this upcoming matchup, who's to say, because it was a pretty close game for the first three quarters when they played in San Francisco earlier on in the season, there, there's still a lot on the line for these players. And when I asked Trey McBride earlier on Monday Do you you guys, as a team and as an offense, feel like you have something to improve, especially with these games? And he said, yeah, because these are the ones that matter the most. These are the people you see the most often. So the numbers don't surprise me, especially with the explosive play battle with 49ers destroying the Seahawks in that category. but." In this game, Jonathan Gannon preaches trying to limit the explosive plays. There weren't as many, despite the fact that Christian McCaffrey was an animal when they played in uh, in San Francisco. But the the explosive plays, the Cardinals are gonna you know, they're gonna have to limit them. By the way,
0: you want to share with the Bird Gang that you also asked that same question to McBride about division play to head coach Jonathan Gannon, and I don't want to say he dismissed the question, but he just typical sometimes he just like yeah every game's the same and I'm not looking at that anymore than any other game but to your point this Cardinals team is winless mm-hmm. within the division
1: and they do matter more than any other game they, they definitely do and when I did ask that question to JG he, he kind of went on the term proving something and that's kind of the term he had I don't want to say he had a problem with but the one that he he kind of shut down in that sense because Anytime you step in between those white lines, you're there to win a football game. So you're always there to prove something. So it's not a matter of it being against an NFC West opponent. I did ask JG that question in the beginning of the season when they first went out to go play San Francisco. I asked him a very similar question. And he also said it was a little bit more shorter back then when he just said, no, it doesn't matter. But in this case, you, you do have something to prove because you have faced each of these teams at least once. Los Angeles, you've faced twice. you got to show that you are... A, a team that you can't just look over. Anytime you play a divisional opponent, you got to be able to give it your all because at least in the standings, a 3-10 and 10 record right now for the Cardinals might not be good. But if you start to get, let's say you win one of the two or you win both games against the 49ers and the Seahawks, which would be, Absolutely incredible for just the mor- morale and the momentum. It looks a lot different in the standings in that case. And remember, the first meeting in week four, the Cardinals went into
0: the fourth quarter only trailing by five. It was 21-16. to 16. Now, the 49ers scored early in that quarter to go up 12, but still, that's two scores, and then the game got away because Brock Purdy had a one-yard touchdown to make it 35-16. That was a almost seven-and-a-half-minute drive and the Cardinals had no shot after that. There was under two minutes to go, and you couldn't overcome that. But the Cardinals did, with Josh Dobbs as quarterback, play the 49ers well in that first meeting. Going to be interesting to see now with Kyla Murray as your quarterback what this team does against the 49ers.
1: And the makeup of this offense as a whole is entirely different because now you do have a solidified target. I remember Zach Ertz dropped a pass in that game against the 49ers. That hurt them. He was in the back of the end zone, I believe, and he dropped the pass. Now you got Trey McBride back there. That's a different player. You got Kyler Murray back there instead of uh, instead of Josh Dobbs. So there are a lot of different pieces and the familiarity is a lot was a lot more there. Josh Dobbs, that was his fourth game with the Cardinals. And for this one, this is going to be Kyler's fifth game now with the Cardinals. So the fact that he's going in, he has more experience going against the 49ers, and he spent the entire offseason and majority of the season learning the book and learning the playbook, he's going to go into this. And, and K1's not had a great record against the NFC West. He's 5-15, and 5-16 if you include that playoff loss to the Rams. So he wants to go into this, and that's something I plan on asking him a little bit, so hopefully nobody steals the question, um, because I, I think that it's going to be very important to see if he does view these NFC West opponents any differently, kind of kind of see if he'll be as dismissive or not dismiss- dismissive <laughs> at all compared to JG's response.
0: By the way, defensively, the Cardinals are going to have to find a way to slow down Christian McCaffrey. He had 145 rushing yards against the Seahawks. He had 177 total yards and four touchdowns against the Cardinals in week 4 and that was something that really bothered head coach Jonathan Gannon about not only post game but in the days afterwards because you cannot let one guy your best player beat you now the 49ers have a number of best players but one individual beat you like that does not sit well with a
1: defensive-minded head coach. Greg, it's only four more touchdowns than you and I have. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I mean, the, Christian McCaffrey is, is an animal, as I previously mentioned. And the fact that he's going into this, and they, they do want to solidify that number one seed, in the NF in the NFC they want to get that first round by with the win they clinched the NFC West against the Cardinals so they have a lot to still play for not that I don't think that they're in any jeopardy of of not clinching the NFC West regardless of the outcome of this game but you cannot let your best player beat you and while you did limit um, Debo Samuel and you did limit George Kittle you still let Christian McCaffrey go off in the way that he did so it's not a matter of stopping one person. It's a matter of limiting all of them and, and hopefully stopping all of them. Or at least make it more difficult than at times it was not in that first meeting. Yeah, Brock Purdy looked like 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 any player that you would put in the Hall of Fame, like their type of career stat line, that's the type of performance that Brock Purdy had in that one, especially through the first three, first four quarters. I'm pretty sure he only had one incompletion yeah. going into the fourth quarter. So the fact that that was a type of – outing that he did have it's remarkable you got to try to get pressure to the quarterback 20 of 21 Purdy finish yeah so it was final going into the fourth quarter still he did have that one completion but the fact that he finished with just that one
0: by the way you bring up the number one seed in the NFC and I was looking at what the teams because there are three 10 and three teams in the NFC 49ers Cowboys and Eagles Cardinals will have a large say and who wins the NFC because the cardinals host the 49ers they play at
1: philadelphia they already beat the cowboys mm-hmm. so Can this- you imagine if they beat those three teams like just 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 picture it i mean the fact that the cardinals that they were a team that people went into the season saying they won't even win a game it's tanking season whatever it is they put that all under the all water under the bridge really early on in the season with just their fight and their competitiveness. And regardless if it is against the Cowboys, their performance there, tiebreakers, whatever it might be, the Cardinals, as you said, Craig, they do have a unique say in this one. 49ers have at the Cardinals,
0: home to the Ravens, at the Commanders, home to the Rams. The Cowboys, at the Bills, at the Dolphins, home to the Lions, at the Commanders. Eagles, at the Seahawks, home to the Giants, home to the Cardinals, and then at the Giants. Commanders are the only other team that will play these two of these three teams, 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles, over these final four games. But the Cowboys are 1-0 against the Commanders, and the Eagles swept the Commanders. So it's only the Cardinals that really can say, with a win over the 49ers, a win over the Eagles, your top three seeds in the NFC, Cardinals have checked the box against the Cowboys, can they do it at home against the 49ers? and
1: the tough one on the road at Philadelphia on New Year's Eve Day? See, I saw I saw a tweet earlier today that was like, since the Cowboy or since like the Chiefs beat the Bills and the Eagles beat the Eagles because like it, there was like a whole like, because the Bills beat the Chiefs and the Eagles beat the Bills and the Cowboys beat the Eagles and the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. The Cardinals are like your Super Bowl champions or whatever. And I'm like, all right, let's get the parade going already. I like that logic because we've all done that before. Like, you want
0: to, if you get knocked out of a playoff or whatever, well, my feeling is whichever team knocks you out, you want that team to do well because then you can say, well, we lost to the eventual champion or whatever it is. There are some people that don't believe that. They just, if if you beat me, then I want you to lose, whether it is the next round or at some point, they don't want that team to to hoist the trophy at the end of whatever
1: competition it is if anything it made for a good tweet because i it saw did. that and was like huh would you look at them apples
0: connect the dots i like to do that cardinals beat the 49ers beat the eagles and they'd be 3-0 against your top three seeds in the nfc so the cardinals are the best team in the nfc
1: basically what we're talking about right standings don't really matter at that point No,
0: you just talk about the standings in the last four games
1: say no more i, I i'm game <laughs> I'll, I'll propose it to roger you are on uh, Commissioner Goodell on yeah, first name some, basis? Something like that. Okay. Something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. At least I'm on first name basis <laughs> with him. If he's on any name basis with me, either that's great or we have a major problem. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, by the way, Bird Gang, Pro Bowl voting is underway
0: and it runs through December 25th. Go to Pro Bowl.com forward slash vote. That is Pro Bowl.com forward slash votes. My guess is, let's see, James Conner, I think he is deserving. Trey McBride, deserving. Paris Johnson Jr. as a rookie, he's putting up a good
1: put. He's putting up a good campaign for that. I also saw that on social media.
0: Defensively, Jalen Thompson leads the team in interceptions. Buda Baker obviously is Mister Consistent. Matt Prater, that's the one. he He should be a lock. That to me is if the Cardinals, despite their record, and it's difficult when you're not winning to get a Pro Bowl player, but if the Cardinals do have one player in mind or that has an opportunity to be a representative in the Pro Bowl, my guess is it will be Matt Prater. Seven field goals of 50 or more yards. He is basically automatic when he gets on that football field, and it's just the leg and the leg strength at this age in his career as far as the longevity. I would love to see Matt Prater, if it's not voted in, maybe the first or second alternate
1: to get that invite he should get that invite I mean 17 years in the league and to still produce at this high of a level like I was watching the Sunday night football broadcast and the way that they were talking about the Cowboys kicker Aubrey it looked like a young Matt Prater just the fact that he was able to boot from as long as he was for the 59 and the 60 yard field goal that he had but for, for Matt Prater, that's been, that's been his entire career. That's how he's made his living. That's how he's made a name for himself because he's been able to produce those type of kicks. So whether it is Matt Prater or it is a Trey McBride even, because McBride's put up really good numbers as we've spoken about here on Cover 2, the, the Cardinals do have a lot of different options. I recognize that all throughout the league teams are putting at they're trying to put their best players in you know some of these teams are going to be impacted based off of how far they go into the playoffs and potentially whichever team lands in the super bowl but the cardinals do have a couple options just got to hope that they could get more than one in that'd be pretty neat
0: bird gang make your voice heard probowl.com forward slash votes probowl.com forward slash votes and voting again runs through december 25th the pro bowl is in orlando for the first time in three years and that game is on sunday february 4th a week
1: before the super bowl which will be held in Las Vegas. Yeah, it'll be good it won't be here in Arizona. No. But it'll be uh any anything that happens in Vegas, I guess won't really stay in Vegas because <laughs> no. the entire world's gonna be aware of that one. Cardinals, the bye week
0: is done, and so are we here on this bonus Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Again, Cardinals and 49ers is the matchup here in week 15. Much more on that game as the week progresses. But for now, we put the lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Zach Gershman, I'm Craig Rayolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.